Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray Heron, but you won't be hearing much of me this episode. This episode is all about Matthew Day Gillett and his experiences with the Royal Enfield Classic 350. Take it away, Matt. So this is my first impressions. I've just got home with the Royal Enfield Classic 350. Oh, try not to trap over everything. I'm about to wash it. Um, filthy, mucky, rainy ride over the Kaimais back from uh, Royal Enfield's uh, where I picked it up. And um, it handled it beautifully. Yeah, 350cc engine, well, 349 or 348. Uh, nice long stroke, 20.2 brake horsepower, 27 newton metres of torque. Not stunning figures considering the capacity. You'd expect more from a 350. And going by the spec sheets, I should not have enjoyed riding this thing as much as I have already. I had a smile on my face pretty much the whole way back from Tauranga. So it's five-speed gearbox as well. It's got a lot of old-school touches to it. Being a classic 350, that's part of the name. But I, yeah, it's got a very strange allure. I'm trying to put my finger on it. Uh, looking at it, it's a gorgeous little bike, and it feels little. It does feel a little bit cramped when you first get on it, particularly after you've gotten off an ATV bike. But it's got that beautiful post-war British styling. You've got your front mudguard held on by long struts uh, down to where the axle meets the fork. You've got this beautiful headlight cowling, which has a little cap to it. Hear that? That sounds like metal. Nice, simple instrument cluster. You've got a analog speedometer with both kilometers an hour and miles per hour. And below that's a handy little LCD uh, with fuel, two trip meters and the time. And obviously your normal Odo as well. Um, bike I've got is the base Halicon Black. Um, and yeah, it's got a couple of extras to it. It's got a pillion seat. Um, which I believe is an extra. I'll find out more about that um, when I get back to the Royal Enfield guys. Um, super easy to ride. Um, only trouble I had with it was I was wearing ADV boots and trying to get my boot underneath the gear shifter was a bit of a mission. But that saying, saying that, like I can easily fix that if I'm wearing those boots. I can adjust the shifter position easy as. Um, remarkably comfortable too. Nice big fat saddle, but it's narrow at the front so you can easily get your feet down. Uh, the switch is classic inspired. Um, first thing Simon from Urban Moto, the distributor, said is, um, well, this pit catches a lot of people out, so watch carefully. And he showed me the, um, the starter is on the same switch as the kill switch. Um, it's just a, sort of a rotating knob. Uh, looks like it's off a radio from World War II sort of thing. It's plastic. It's not real. Uh, you got a similar switch on the other side for your lights, so it starts off on low beam, got a high beam, or you can flash it for a pass, which is nice. Um, yeah, like I said, riding position feels a little bit cramped, but that's my first impression. Um, I did just get off my CRF250 Rally. Um, yeah, overall build quality, that looks pretty good. This is the first infield I've ridden since the Rumbler 350, um, and it definitely feels... I don't know, it's, it's got a bit of magic to it that the Rumbler never had. Uh, the Rumbler was also called the Thunderbird in overseas markets, but of course Triumph holds the naming rights for that here. Um, so Rumbler 350, similar size engine. This one's, of course, fuel injected as well, where that bike was carbureted. Um, this bike doesn't have the silly heel shifter either. Um, just a straightforward, up-down, five-speed gearbox. So yeah, that's my first impressions on the Classic 350. I had a ball riding it over the Kaimais. 
like I said, it doesn't have a huge amount of power, but it kept up with traffic just fine. Overtaking's interesting, but it's not really designed to be a highway tourer or explorer bike, really. I know guys take them over the Himalayas all the time, and that's good on them. They're made of different stuff than most of us. Uh, but it's more of a city bike, I feel. It's very happy under 80 kilometres an hour, and it's smooth. For a single-cylinder engine, it's surprisingly well-balanced. Um, nice, easy acceleration, easy clutch action. It's got a very forgiving clutch on it, and I'm looking forward to riding this for the next week. So, um, yeah, we'll check back with me after I've spent a bit more time with this bike. We'll catch up with Matt again as we go through the podcast and see how he's going with that classic 350 from Royal Enfield. Time now, though, to touch on some news. First up, Yamaha. Are they working on a Tenere 900? I'll start by saying I've long expected and predicted the Tenere 900 to be announced. Ever since Yamaha announced the Tenere 700 using the CP2 engine from the MT-07, I fully expected a Tenere 900 using that CP3 from the MT-09 to be announced. And now the rumours are rife across the internet that that is in fact the case. In fact, I think I said it on the podcast in... Early 2020, maybe late 2019, that the uh, MT-09, sorry, Tenere 900 would be a thing. Anyway, after the departure of the Yamaha Super Tenere 1200 machine, there's been a bit of a gap in the market for those with blue blood. Right up at the top end of the adventure, bottom end of the touring kind of crossover bit there. And although there are those who believe anything more anything more than two cylinders is a waste of time off-road, there's a good case for a 900cc cross-plane triple-powered adventure tour from Yamaha. Big bikes are not afraid to get off-road. Look at the Africa Twin, the Tiger 900, the Tiger 800, the Tiger 1200. Not to mention the more road-biased V-Strom 1050, the Harley-Davidson Pan America 1250cc Monster, and of course the offerings from BMW. Yet the biggest offering from Team Tuning Fork uh, for anything adventure slash touring is the Tenere 700 and there's no, no, no way I'm taking a Tracer 900 GT off-road. The 889cc CP3 engine though from the MT-09 has been a great success not only in the MT-09 but the Nikon, the Tracer 900 and the XSR. So why not put some spoked wheels, longer travel plush suspension and a full suite of electronics on what is essentially a 900 Tracer and maybe send it off road. One thing you, you do, I reckon it will sell like hotcakes. One thing that Yamaha does need to be mindful though is that they need to keep the weight down. That was one of the biggest issues people, most people had with the Super Tenere. Great bike, just weighs a tonne. Uh, weighing in at 261 kgs wet. If they can squeeze a CP3 engine into essentially a... Uh uh, a Tracer 900 frame give it a little bit of off-road potential with some long travel suspension and some spokey-dokey wheels and hopefully get those spokey-dokey wheels to be tubeless then I think that will be an absolute recipe for win though this does bring me to Yamaha's other issue currently and that is that their current lineup of bikes are hideous 
They have been designed by a blind dog with a pencil in its mouth. The XSR, the Tenere 700 excluded. Uh, the rest of them look like dopey Cronenberg monster things that they've got going on. Sure, aesthetics are all down to personal preference, I get that, but the entire MT lineup is hideous, and the R lineup is not much better. Even the R7 is a bit naff, in my opinion. So let's get back on topic here. 889cc CP3 into an adventure frame, possibly the uh, the Tracer 900 frame. Uh, longer travel suspension, decent electronics, and uh, tubeless spoky dokey wheels. Tenere 900. Let's get some action. More on this at uh, motonz.com. Husqvarna have issued a recall for the 2022 TC125. Husqvarna Motorcycles announced it's recalling the 2022 TC125 in order to replace the CDI control unit. The reasoning behind the recall is to ensure the durability of the crank train. Husqvarna Motorcycles is ordering a replacement of the CDI control unit on the above-mentioned vehicles. Customers who have already bought a 2022 TC125 are being informed by a personal letter and are asked to immediately contact an authorised Husqvarna Motorcycles dealer to arrange an inspection appointment. Owners can also check online in the service area of the Husqvarna Motorcycles website to determine if their bike is affected by the recall. As you'd expect, the check and replacement of all parts involved will be carried out at no cost to the owner, but must be performed by an authorised Husqvarna Motorcycles dealer. Check out more information on the recall of the 2022 TC125 at onthrottle.co.nz. Motomurity X Cape New Zealand pricing has been confirmed. The entry-level middleweight battle in the adventure market is getting hotter with the confirmation of pricing for the new Motomurity X Cape. Pricing has been confirmed at starting at $12,990 for the alloy wheel variant with a bump in price to $13,590 for the black spoked wheel units followed by $13,790 for flashy gold spoked wheels. Distributing Motomurini will be the established Distributor Europe Imports, the same folks behind BMW Motorrad here in New Zealand, so you know you've got a decent network behind a brand. More information on Moto Marini and the pricing for the X Cape in New Zealand at onthrottle.co.nz. And wrapping up the news today, uh, Aprilia Tuareg 660 has also had its New Zealand pricing confirmed. Aprilia's hotly anticipated Tuareg 660 finally has a confirmed New Zealand pricing and delivery. Provisional pricing starts at $21,490 for the Martian Red and Acid Gold colours. While the flagship name I can't pronounce red, white, white and blue colours that you've seen on the photos online will retail at slightly more, $21,990 plus on road costs. As expected, the Tuareg 660 splits the difference in terms of price between the Yamaha Tenere 700 and the KTM 890 Adventure range. With more tech than the Tenere but a lower price than the 890, the Tuareg should find itself in the sweet spot between the two for riders trying to decide what middleweight adventure bike is right for them. First shipments of the Tuareg 660 are expected to arrive in New Zealand dealers in June 2022. More information as always at motonz.com and onthrottle.co.nz. And that wraps up the news. Let's get back to Matt with his classic 350 Royal Enfield. 
Uh, I've had it for just under a week. Um, heading off on my way to the lower Coromandel to swap it uh, with another rider. Um, he has a Continental GT that I'm going to take off his hands and he's going to plot around on this for a while. So what do I think? Um, I am really quite taken with this little bike. It is quite a delight to ride around. It's definitely not fast. If you're after a fast bike, they can also be a commuter. Um, this is definitely not it. It is the most stylish little A to B tool I think I've ever ridden. Um, it reminds me a lot of my old Hyasung GV250 in the way. Sort of from the tan coloured seat to the sort of the black paint. This is the Halcyon Black base model bike. And it is... Yeah, it's quite stylish. It's got a nice little bit of um, fleck in the paint as well, so when you polish it up, it actually looks really pretty. It's a great sounding little bike too. So I'm just hanging out on the side of the road or the state highway uh, just near Mount Tiaraha, so... Uh it's a great sounding pipe on this little bike. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. I think that's probably the thing I've enjoyed the most about it is it sounds and feels characterful because it's just got so much torque and that nice pipe. You're just sort of short shifting through gears as you go along and it just, yeah, it gets you from A to B. It looks really cool. I love the post-war British styling that they've kept. Um, these bikes are obviously built to evoke memories of um, the Royal Enfield Bullets um, which I think holds the record for the bike in longest continuous production with basically no changes. It's a lovely little bike. I keep saying it. Um, so top speed 110. <laughs> so I've been cruising along on the highway this morning. I've not had any issues keeping up with traffic. I even managed to overtake a couple of vans. It's yeah, it does the job. It looks cool while doing it, but it's not fast. Other negative I found is the gear shifter position. So it's mounted really quite low and you really need to dig your foot in under there to get there, uh, which has really, uh, it's resulted in a couple of missed shifts for me. Um, I have tried to adjust it, but when I went to try and adjust the gear lever, I undid the 10 mil bolt on the back of it and pulled it out and it actually fouls on the foot peg bracket when you're trying to adjust it. So I think in order to adjust something as simple as the gear position lever, um, you might have to actually lift the engine away from the frame somehow unless you can sort of ouch oh that's a silly thing to do uh, note for new players um, the engine casing of an air-cooled motorcycle gets really hot when you touch it it hurts <laughs> so yeah love that it comes with a center stand I've got it sitting on the center stand right now it's really handy especially when you're taking pictures of it it's the kind of bike you do like to take pictures of I think it's yeah who would buy this bike that's the thing that sort of yeah is it a bike for the older rider who wants to sort of be transported back to their youth and the bikes that they used to ride or is it for sort of the young hipster who wants something really cool and different to all the sort of Japanese sports bikes with all their angles but it's yeah it's quite a quite a conundrum I love it though that J series engine it's the same engine that's in the Meteor um, so again that's another bike that's probably full of character just yeah quite happy to cruise along it's a five-speed gearbox which has pretty decent spacing first gear tends to tap out I think it's at 55 kilometers an hour um, and you're really hitting up against that rev limiter you're sort of 
best off when it comes to riding this bike just short shifting and enjoying the scenery enjoying the feeling of that engine because it is so characterful it's enjoyable to ride despite its <laughs> its lack of pace or anything i think royal enfield's done a really good job here and they're filling a niche that's not filled by any of the other manufacturers uh, there are of course rumors that triumph is going to be doing some small capacity bonnevilles but we haven't seen those um, and there's bsa i believe as well but again haven't heard any or seen anything uh, solid from them so Royal Enfield's sort of the only name in the game at the moment if you want a really stylish classic British looking bike and it's under 10 grand this one's under 8 grand it's $7,990 uh, for your money you get um, a very stylish little bike comes with pillion accommodation as well if you want to take a pillion I probably wouldn't unless they're a child um, Speaking of, my kids have loved going up and down the driveway on this. Uh, keeping them off the bike has been a challenge. Yeah, it doesn't come with a rev counter or anything. Uh, it's very simple, very straightforward. And I think it's a great bike to sort of start out on, or if you want something to sort of cruise around the city with no drama or fuss, cheap to run. Uh, cost me just over 20 bucks to fill the tank today. It's, yeah, it's a great little gem. It's definitely worth consideration, especially, again, if you want that really cool old school style uh, without the price tag dynamically riding it around it's yeah not the sharpest tool in the shed it's kind of cruisy you just roll along and you do it saying it's not going to do sharp corners one thing it does do amazingly well though is u-turns it feels like you can do a u-turn in its own body length um, it is phenomenally good at, at just nipping in around those slow speed obstacles so yeah with that i had better go take a slash or something do some butt stretches get on my way to go and pick up the next royal enfield which will be the continental gt so stick around um and another day i'll tell you all about that bike and what it's like one bike that I've really never had the chance to ride is a Royal Enfield, and uh, well, when I was when I was younger, I definitely looked at them and went, huh, "Why would you want something that old and crappy?" But nah, they've definitely got a place. You look at them and you go, "Hmm, there's something about that old school charm," you know. Uh, bow ties have had their day. They've come back. They've gone away. They've come back. Uh, discos coming back. Everything comes back. It's always a a circular motion and and you know now people are i, th I noticed fashion is is coming back from uh, roughly what it was in the late 90s and early 2000s now as well well that's just one thing i've noticed i'm not overly fashionable myself anyway this is kiwi rider podcast thank you very much for listening love having your company if you want to have input in the show give us some feedback or maybe you've got a story that's worth yarning about i'd love to hear your story what you've done with your bikes maybe you've bought a new bike whatever get hold of us you can email me tc t7adventures at gmail.com or you can email the podcast uh podcast at qrider.co.nz matt's website on throttle.co.nz matt's really good at uh keeping his finger on the pulse of what's news in the motorcycling world relevant to us kiwis so check out onthrottle.co.nz a whole lot of uh, news and gear reviews up at motonz.com my youtube channel just go to youtube and search t7 adventures weekly videos going up there with all sorts of stuff not just t7 stuff either there's a, a harley davidson uh, sports the s video up there at the moment and plus there's a whole bunch of gear reviews and stuff on there as well 
And of course, Kiwi Writer Magazine, kiwirider.co.nz. It's your free magazine, 150 generally about that pages per uh, issue, two issues a month. Uh, and we'll get that into your inbox absolutely free if you subscribe. So hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, share this podcast with a writing buddy of yours. Thank you for listening. I've been Ray, this is Kiwi Writer Podcast. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. Listener.